Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, the second season of Star Wars The Bad Batch. It is part of the Star Wars franchise, acting as both a sequel to and a spin-off from the series Star Wars The Clone Wars. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah, and this was this was heavily delayed. Season one, I think, uh, took a while to, to find an audience. And Bad Batch season two was supposed to start, I think it was like eight months before they actually started airing it again. There's a, like, like a really big delay. That's not just the recording and the filming and um, production of the series, but uh, once it was shot and finished, like a long delay. But I'm glad they came back um, because it's, it's really been done well. Um, as always, D. Bradley Baker returns as every single clone trooper in the episode, whether they're a member of the Bad Batch or in the background or just hanging about wherever. And he's really talented at giving each one a unique voice that doesn't sound too removed from the rest of them. You can tell the clones, but the personality is there, which. It's shocking. Um, and there's quite a there's quite a space between, I think, in terms of in-show from the end of the first season to the start of this season because uh, somewhere in here they, their costumes change, like other than the helmets. Like they're, they're in different costumes. I'm like, when did that happen? Did I notice this? Did we see this? Did this happen somewhere? Did you, uh, did you, were you thrown by that? What's thrown me is you just talking about the time between season one and season two. And I had to go back and have a look because as I was watching season two, I was finding myself thinking, so so what's happening now and where are we? And when we reviewed season one, that was episode 122 of the podcast. Yeah. That was season one. So now we're reviewing season two which is episode 215 of the podcast. That is a that's, big gap. Yeah, that's, that's that's a lot longer than just a year. I mean, granted, the um, podcast has been busy, but still, that's, <laughs> that is a big gap. Yeah, because I was, honestly, I'm watching, I'm thinking, am I supposed to know what's going on? And to be fair, it's not that complicated, but it is quite a bit of time between between seasons. So costume changes. I'm really not sure, to be honest. I was just getting my bearings. Yeah. Um, the animation as well seems to have taken another step forward. Um, I think it's right. Yeah, it's right in the very first episode. They're on a beach and uh, and they're running away from things. I'm like, whoa, that's, that looks great. That's amazing. Like the the with all the... Disney animated shows, specifically the Star Wars ones, they always seem to be tweaking and improving from season to season in terms of the quality of the animation. But yeah, right from the get go, I was like, okay, this is this is looking real good. Um, and just like first season, you get your episodes, which are 
necessary and they're pushing forward the story um, and you have a couple of filler episodes. But you actually get quite a few episodes this season where the Bad Batch aren't in. It's like a two-parter and the, the, the build-up episode is they're completely devoid of at all. There's no Omega. There's no Sid. There's none of those characters. It's because it's, oh, we're on Coruscant. And this is some thing with the Senate or it's uh, following um, Crosshair, who isn't with the Bad Batch anymore, and you're seeing his life now in the Imperial Army and how, like, isolated he is and how poorly treated you're like, duh. They're going to get around back to the Bad Batch in this episode, right? And they're going to link the two. Eh, nope, nope. We're just catching up on what he's doing and how his decision is... Uh, affecting his life, which is great television, great dramatic storytelling, but for a cartoon, it's still a bit odd because, you know, everyone keeps thinking, oh, it's aimed at children. I'm like, not really. I don't think it is. I mean, they they do have Omega. It's pretty common for an animated series to have that kid character so they can see themselves on screen. Like, But, um, yeah, it's not really... A kid show, and just what you're talking about there. Like, I mean, this is a weekly TV show. The premiere and finale, they're two parters, and I believe yep. they get released two episodes at a time. But the rest of it, you've got to wait week to week to watch the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. So if you get when you get to what episode was it? I think it was the solitary clone. I think that was a crosshair specific one. So you caught up what he was doing. There's no bad batch. It just comes in. That's the third episode of the season. It's very serious. And then like you'd have you would have to wait another week. Like so when the bad batch are gonna come in. And no, no, that's just a bad batch. And they don't come come back around to him until you get later on to the outpost episode 12, like nine weeks later, you get back to what crosshair's up to. I'm like this is this is crazy. I mean, you get that two-parter in the middle there, the clone conspiracy and truth and consequences where they're trying to push out the clone troopers to introduce a bill to start their stormtrooper campaign. But that's all, like, both of those two episodes as well, like, the first episode of that, the Bad Batch aren't in, it's all on Coruscant. You've got... Um, Emery Carr, the senator for the planet that she's blue, she's in a couple episodes of the Clone Wars, or at least her people were. Um, but she's like, no, no, no. If you're going to retire the clones, the clones need health care and they need like a pension and all this other stuff that you'd normally give to soldiers. What do you mean? What are you going to do with them? Like, and you want to spend all this money and like, but we have an army. A proven army. You're just gonna throw them away and start spending all this money training new people. What do you talk? Uh, what's going on here? And it's ridiculously adult. It's like these are actual Senate hearings and investigations, and that like where does the money come from, and where did you get this money? What happened to the money you allocated over here? And like it's all hidden around some some dodgy like t- tax accounting, and people are being killed to keep it secret. I'm like, what? 
what am I? What this is like Andor. This is not. <laughs> yeah, all the prequels, the the yeah. prequels as well of the of the Star Wars TV series. Andor is what I'd probably compare it most to. But as I'm watching it, I was having that thought: like, who who is this for? Because yeah, there is moments like that, and there's moments where not too much will happen at all. Like you know, they do have a destination. There's something that the show is building towards, but occasionally you'll get a new fun character because we do get new characters introduced in the second season. And one of them, not only is he a Wookiee, he's also a Jedi. And this yeah. is his first appearance, isn't it? Or has he popped up somewhere once before? No, there was uh, there, were, there was an episode of The Clone Wars where Ahsoka leads with Yoda a bunch of Padawans to get their lightsaber crystals for the first time. He's one of the Wookiees in that group. So he has made a prior appearance. Um, but that was it. It was that like that one or two episodes back in the Clone Wars, like a decade ago. Now he's popped up again here. Um, and you can tell because his lightsaber, it's a unique design because he uses wood for the handle because it's ah. the wood of a tree of Kashyyyk. Oh, that's so cool. it's it was yeah it was really like if you'd watched the Clone Wars and you paid attention to those especially the episodes because you see them all making their lightsabers afterwards if that was a very like I haven't seen a design anything like it I'm like okay that one stands out I mean a Wookiee Jedi stands out but <laughs> yeah but yeah it, so it, it was cool to see and it just ah I don't know I find it very samey this show and just having a Wookiee Jedi turn up for a little bit was fun. It shook things yeah. up for me. I mean, we do know that it's getting the third and final season that got announced. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm wondering if that's why it was delayed because as you get late into late episodes, the last four episodes, really, it feels like the building of something. And I think it was a, a, a question of like, all right, am I going to get another season to be able to wrap this up? Or do you need it wrapped up in a nice little bow now? Let me know because I have to structure these episodes accordingly. Um, otherwise, we're, the show is going to get cancelled on a cliffhanger. And that's not smart. Like, let's not do that. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I figured when I finished this, the episodes, I'm like, this has to have another season. You can't leave it there because. There's too many things in the air. I mean, there's a spoiler. This is a big one. Three, two, one. This final episode, they kill Tech. And he's been an integral part of the show. He's not, he's not just their, um, their smart, the smart one, the one who has the best battle tactics and like does all the hacking and baking their IDs and stuff. He's... Uh, the maternal, the paternal figure for Omega, who I should mention is voiced great by Michelle Ang, uh, is Hunter. He's the one that has a, a, a more, a lot more of a paternal instinct, and he's the one being really careful. But Tex, the most calm, and he, whenever they have to go like do a mission, and she has to be like drag, like hang back, he's usually with Tech, and he's the one doing a lot of like specific training with her. So he has like a 
a lot to do with her. And he sacrifices himself and is dead to save the rest of them. And that was the last episode. Like, and she and it didn't work. She ended up captured anyway. Like, it's yeah. a sacrifice that did pay off. The stakes, that you, the stakes that you wouldn't brutal. necessarily, yeah, you wouldn't necessarily get these kinds of stakes in a kids' cartoon where a character that's it, they they are dead. Now, if I was to guess which character could have died, it would be him. Because they did something with him. He was developing that friendship with Fee Genoa, the character voiced by Wanda Sykes. So odd hearing Wanda Sykes here. I mean, we recently reviewed Velma, and she was in that, but that's a comedy. It's where you'd expect Wanda Sykes to be. But certain actors, whether it's in animation, live action for Star Wars, when they turn up, it's a bit odd. We'll yeah. wait to speak about Mandalorian season three because so many cameos in in that. But the character of Fee, she establishes that relationship with Tech, and wasn't brown eyes. <laughs> yeah, but she's yeah because it, well that's it. There's a connection, maybe something a little bit more for her. But obviously, he doesn't respond in the way that she she was hoping for. But it's like oh okay, so this particular member of the Bad Batch, they're doing something more with there's a person outside of the team the family that's having a connection so if i was to pick which one of those could potentially die it would have been him and it's what happens yeah yeah it is it's like the whole thing of like oh, he starts talking about his girl back home and you're like oh no right exactly the, like deadly mission yeah i mean i thought um, potentially the pirates could come back and save tech but nope he's gone yeah yeah he's done um and also episode 12 the outpost which is that brutal episode all from uh what following crosshair and he's being treated like crap by that imperial lieutenant uh on that ice planet on all they're guarding is like gear it's not important gear either it's just stuff for their replacements the stormtroopers and he goes out and that brutal mission with the other clone mayday who doesn't survive and the guy's treating him like crap the crosshair, having just suffered through all this stuff and watching his guys get treated like crap for a long time, just up and shoots his commanding officer, just kills him. And he's like, Yeah, this will probably end up with my death, screw it. And like he's got this guy deserves it. I'm like, what? <laughs> Again, what this is not a kid's show. Like <laughs> this is some serious, serious drama in this series. Yeah, it was a great moment. It really was. Yeah. Yeah, and I was hoping, I was like, please, please shoot this guy. He so deserves it. I know you, you're good soldiers, follow orders. That was a whole thing for season one. But it just, the, the, the relentless, like, berating from that guy, I'm like, he deserves to do- go down. Um, speaking of, new character for this season, Dr. Royce Hemlock. Uh, he's trying to continue the clone research for uh the empire voiced by jimmy simpson william from westworld young william not old william young yeah, that's right ed harris or if you're a always sunny in philadelphia fan great character in the always sunny as well one of the two brothers <laughs> um and he's great he's terrifying as well he's serious he doesn't seem to lose his temper He's very measured. He's obviously high 
highly intelligent and just like I will torture and get the information out and no one knows where I am because if they are going to get captured, I just have them killed. Like it's like some really great stuff. And he's, he comes in late because we have a character earlier on in the season, like from the first two episodes, uh, Vice Admiral Rampart voiced by Nishir Dalal, who actually in the new Star Wars game that dropped recently, Jedi Survivor, the Jedi Fallen Order sequel, he voices one of the characters you run around in that game, Bodhi. Um, but yeah, he's like this admiral pushing to get rid of clones and bring in stormtroopers uh, under direction from obviously the emperor and higher ups. And during the clone conspiracy, truth and consequences stuff, uh, they get dirt on him and they just hang him out to dry. And like, this is it, like, those clones followed his orders without question. We can't have people doing that. Some unconscionable thing. We have to get rid of these clones and replace them. Like they got their way regardless of what he did. And yeah, but he was, a uh, he was doing the same thing. He was ordering crosshair to like execute people and assassinate people for him. Had clones, especially bred as purely assassins. Like again, supposed to be a cartoon for children, clearly not. A cartoon for children. Yeah, well, look at what um, they're talking about in in the Senate. Like, are clones real people? Should they yeah. be allowed to have lives, or are they yeah. just property? Yeah, and what do we do? We get to choose what we do with property. We can like decommission it if necessary. Like, but they're not; they're people, and they fought a war for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, horrendous stuff. Um, but just. All of all of these storylines, I was like utterly glued to the screen for because they are interesting stories. And there is seeing that for the fandom as well. We all wondered if you had this really effective army, completely loyal like clones. Why would you replace them with stormtroopers? It doesn't really make sense to. That's a Surely. good point, actually. I didn't think about it like that. This this is showing you, yeah, it gives them reason to. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've read in the books where they kind of explain it. It's part of the doctor- indoctrination. If they serve the Empire because they get paid by the Empire, as like the Empire is like the galaxy's largest employer, it helps to instill that um, sort of patriotic like protect the empire kind of thing that's what it's part of the indoctrination on top of everything else to have their own people in the military rather than clones that they i think oh it's not on our door front but if you force them to to be their own people actually works better and you just move them to planets that aren't theirs where they're not as affected by the uh war crimes being committed Uh, yeah what about the um, yeah. the big reveal? That's they're also cheaper. Yes, yes, a lot cheaper. That's a big one. Just like <laughs> in real life, like uh, if you have a really effective weapon, that's, uh, like whether it's a gun or a piece of armor or like a plane, and you have one that's fairly reliable but not quite as good, but it's significantly cheaper, they always go the cheaper option because... You need many of these things. You need many handguns. You need many planes. Like, and each dollar you save is money you can direct elsewhere for other stuff that you need. 
um, the real economics of warfare. And here it is in a cartoon. In a kid's <laughs> cartoon, yeah. Sorry to cut you off that. I was gonna I was gonna ask the finale. Did you see that reveal coming when you find out who she really was and that Omega has a sister? No, not at all. No, me neither. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah because she's just, as far as I was watching when she, the few episodes she'd appeared in beforehand as the uh, uh, as Dr. Scolder, voiced by Helen Sadler, she just seems to be a doctor working under uh, Dr. Hemlock. And it's not like she has the blonde hair like Omega, and she's wearing goggles, which is obscuring yeah. her face. And it is animation, so if characters looked alike, it never like sets off any alarms in my head. But yeah, she's like, "Oh, I'm your sister," and I'm like, "Really? Are you? Like, you're not, you're not even wearing like a Camino and like like insignia, I don't think, on your. It's okay. It makes sense. I mean, if they had one female clone." Like, did they do it? And she's unaltered, so she's her actual age. The age she is is how old, long it took her to grow that age. Did they do the same thing and do the advanced aging and see her development of, like, where it would go to? It makes sense for, like, a scientist or looking at a product, like, what could be the potential flaws of doing it this way. But, yeah, no idea. It's not until it actually left her mouth that I was like, you're a clone? Okay. I suppose because as soon as as soon as she does take those goggles off, you can see it. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, she does, and, and Omega recognizes instantly. Oh, you've got an older version of my face. But it's going back yeah. to what you said earlier. Like, did they know if they were going to get another season? Because they could have ended it. Like they've like Hunter says, like we've we've got a home now. We can go back there and we can live out our lives. That could have been the end of the show. And not have the sister reveal, but they get in yeah. the third season, so it's like, okay, maybe we'll go there, maybe we won't. There's more adventures. Omega's gone. We need to go save her. The sister happens. It it yeah. is and it is interesting. All it adds, of this it yeah. adds more to it. And all, it does, and all this happened like because they were going to help out Crosshair, who warned them they're after Omega. You like you can't like. Again, he thinks he's done for, but his last act is like, I've gotten away, I can't escape, but I can, we can send out word that the guy's clandestine, be careful, they're, after, they're still after Omega. But they're going, where is he from? This, this guy is super hard to track down. We need to physically know where he is and put a tracer on his shuttle so we can trace him back to where he flies to. And while they're there, Saw Guerrero comes in, like the nutcase he is. <laughs> like blows up the place they were, including the ship that they had bugged. And that's the direct cause of why they can't escape and tech gets killed and Omega gets captured. You're like, Saul Guerrero, you you're not you're you're a loose cannon. <laughs> you can't like you ran into them and they gave you like, we can't go just blowing up these guys. We need to follow this. Something worse is happening. Ah oh, no, I'm taking my shot while I've got it. Thanks, Dick. Like you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we've done jobs for you, and this is how you repay us. It's just like, yeah, yeah, but my job's more important. Screw you guys. Like, ah, like brutal. 
Uh, also, in the end, they get uh, sold out by Sid, voiced by Rhea Perlman. Because she was treating them like shit, and they're like, you know what? We don't need to be following her anymore. And so she sold, like, actually sold them out like a piece of crap for money. Like, she was under no need to. She wasn't endangered. She wasn't pressured into it. In fact, they saved her life and had got her out of debt earlier on in the season, and this is the repayment they, that she gives them. I'm like, oh, man, this last episode of the season really was like gut punch after gut punch. Yeah, you like, know, it was. But yeah. with, with Sid, though, I didn't realise at the time, but her droid, Teo, was voiced by Ben Schwartz. Yeah. Didn't just, pick that. No, no, he's just in the back there, just doing his thing. Pretty cool that they've got a Ghostbuster in this season, Ernie Hudson. He voices uh, uh, a Dalton gangster, uh, Grinny. All right. That was Ernie Hudson. <laughs> That's cool. That's very cool. i got to imagine the... There's plenty of characters that pop up very briefly for just an episode that um, I know they must have actors lined up like, oh, I want to be in the Mandalorian, I want to meet Grogu. But like the story of Bad Batch, like this is this is where it can be should be at because you might get a Katie Sackoff. You might get a character that gets introduced by this TV series, then like five years they do live action. And you can like, and you get character development that way. You don't just come in as a cameo and disappear. You get to like all this backstory and all this character development. So when you pop up in live action, it means something like, you know. Yeah. I mean, Katie Sackhoff's definitely the best example of that. And the fact that she was a live action actor first, did animation, did a really good job of that. So when they needed her for live action, she was able to do it and do it well. But yeah, she's she's killing it. Like she's she's great. Like whether it's in yeah. animation or live action. But it is it is interesting how they are having actors play both live action and animation. They seem to be doing it more and more. Yeah, and um I wouldn't be surprised. Uh I'm playing through the new Star Wars game as we speak. Uh and main character Cal Kestis is doing jobs for Saul Guerrero. I'm like ah. season three of Clone of Bad Batch. Is there a possibility of working Cal Kestis in to an episode of the Bad Batch? Because that'd be a kind of almost the opposite. Something kind a of like video action, game it is to animation. But the thing is I reckon there's a chance that we could even see him in live action. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a possibility. He's still quite a young actor, um, so I don't think you can see, you're going to see him in Mandalorian or, or Ahsoka because they're set after the trilogy, oh, okay. and the game's still considerably like before the original trilogy. Um, so if you, you you'd need to age him up like ten years or so, um, so maybe right points. I mean, maybe they could just have him grow a beard, put some wine <laughs> in there. That'll do it. Like, or just, just for now, like play the long game. No pun intended. But just for now, just yeah. have him in animation, like say third season of Bad Batch. But yeah, I've not played the game, but people are raving about it and him, like as an actor yeah. and the character. 
Yeah, because we know him from uh, Gotham when he played like the proto Joker guy. That's right. Yeah, I think before that he did. I think the US was it Skins. I think no, not Skins. Oh, Shameless. It was um, Shameless, Shameless. Yeah, yeah. yeah but um, yeah, he's he's an interesting character, and it's something again that you could pull in. You already have someone cast, someone recognizable, someone that the fans enjoy. Uh, work it into this, and then you get to do your cross media thing of like, he's in video games, and he's in animation, and he's in live action, and you know he pops up in novels or comic books or whatever, because that's like, that's yeah, I I bat, uh, Disney's aim is to have it like them covered on all bases kind of thing. Um, and the fact that we are getting a third season, um, like this, it's the it's a perfect time because he's at the exact right age to slip in un, unimpeded. Yeah, that's right. Um, another example: Ben Mendelsohn, Orson Krennic. We got him yeah. first in Rogue One. He's reprising his role here. So there you go. Yeah, same actor, yeah, live I, action, yeah. animation. Yeah, and the one episode that the Emperor pops up in, that, that's Ian McDermott being Palpatine, as it was always meant to be. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then again, uh, as as a viewer, as a fan, we, we always appreciate it. Like, Because when I was watching that, that table and you've got Tarkin and you've got Hemlock and these other guys, I saw the guy in the corner, I'm like, is that? Is that Krennic? Like, oh, they'll probably just not have him open his mouth. And then he opens his mouth. I'm like, that was 100% Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> yeah, well, 100%. It was. But yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah. If you can't tell, I did enjoy the season. I um, Speaking of, if you're going to get around to your rating, what would you rate season two of The Bad Batch? If I'm honest, I'm kind of nervous about going first. I had a feeling that you would really enjoy this, to be honest, uh, <laughs> just knowing how you feel about Star Wars. I, I've i got to be honest, I finished this season because we were going to be reviewing it. That's why yeah. I finished it, and, and I finished it tonight. We had to push uh, our recording time out by half an hour because I was I was finishing episode 16 i'd been yeah i'd been putting it off for the longest time and then i smashed through the rest of the season today there's moments that i like i love the world of star wars the characters are interesting but i don't know this this is probably the the star wars content i'm liking the least out of everything that we're getting in live action animation. I'm going to come in quite low on this one, but it's just because I don't think it's for me. And I will, I will finish when the third and final season comes out. Uh, maybe I'll have a different experience when I've seen it as a whole, but I've got a feeling I'm going to come crazy low with my score for you, but I'm going to come in at a two out of five. Yeah. Um, if I'm adding this up, it, it's going to be significantly higher. I think I'm going to come in at a four out of five. And that's because I keep getting shocked by 
the maturity of this this the TV series, um, especially those episodes where it's it's a downer, it's a bit more Andor esque. Because I I loved Andor, I thought it was amazing, um, and this is answering those abs- those questions that I always wondered. I'm like, how did you do things like get rid of clone troopers? Like, what happened to them all? Because you had millions of these thing guys running around, and why did the citizenry just accept it? It doesn't make a lot of sense. And like, how do you move past and blow through in such a short amount of time? Um, the performances are really good. The the atmospheric shots they're putting in these, um, you know, when they're walk, walking through shadows, it's abandoned and it feels tense. Really. A- really excellent lighting um i think the dave filoni his work on the mandalorian has absolutely uh assisted his directing for animation because he's got so much more tools and so much like more awareness of how to dress up a shot um but i found all of it uh much better omega the character progression continues to like make him better and better as as it goes on um and the fact that you know, I I complain about it all the time. Of you watch a series and the stakes don't feel very high because characters survive, and here we are, halfway through the show, and they've we've lost someone. We've lost some like part of the, our main crew, something significant. It costs a lot, and they've been beaten around. They've lost, uh, they've lost more than I've seen in any of the other series. Usually, when it like they did this in Rebels with the crew in the final season where you lost someone and it was significant. But you lost one person and it was like within reaching distance of the end. You know, it was only like four or five episodes later that we got to the finale. This we have a whole other season to deal with the consequences of losing someone, which I I really appreciate. Gives it's great storytelling because them dealing with it is like a lot more interesting. Again, not so much for a TV show for children. But for me as an adult and where I find this sort of stuff, it's the dealing with the loss and then overcoming and then like the progression that comes afterwards um, that I'm really looking forward to. But yeah, four out of five. I mean, hey, it's a show that looks great. Great great voice cast. I mean, the animation, the score, everything, you know, the stakes, it's all there. It's just, for my personal enjoyment, it just wasn't doing it for me. Yeah, which I get because a lot of people don't do animation. We we made this comment when we were talking about Star Trek Prodigy. A lot of Star Trek fans are probably ignoring it, thinking it's just a kid's show, where it's actually extremely trekky as any Star Trek show would. I find this a bit the same with this. Despite the format in which it's presented, it's still very much Star Wars, but more adults and more adult, more depressing Star Wars than you think, because it's just in the era. Like we know they're supposed to take like setback after setback after setback, because it's not until a new hope that there's actually something hopeful to happen. And yeah. uh the Mandalorians all post like when everyone's still on the high of like, yeah, we won, we did it. So that again has a bit more like hope and a bit more upbeat 
than this series, but I mean, I, you're I, right. I, I, like I mean, the... it is a cartoon, but tonally, Andor is probably the closest thing you compare it to out of all the Star Wars TV. And if you're somebody that isn't watching it because it's a cartoon, you could potentially be missing out. Mm. Well, that's it for our episode all about The Bad Batch Season 2. If you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.